at the show. He's got a quick wit, but his body's slow. He's You got certain things that are, we're, we're all like, it's, our body is so symmetrical. The 2-1. Swung on, hit in the air to deep left. Oh. That ball is high. That is far. That is gone. Uh, it's amazing, and I mean that. Absolutely. He's done it again. How does he do it? A judging blast into the left field seats. All rise. Here comes the judge. Right, you got you got your wrists, you know, and then you, what are your wrists on the bottom half? Yeah, Outfield shallow. First pitch. In the dirt, and that hops to the left of Huff. Here comes Altuve. He scores. Astros win it. Four to three and ten. A wild pitch by Hernandez. You know, you got your shoulders up top. What are your shoulders? Your hips. He swings, and he rifles a deep left field. Call. He reaches and can't catch it. The ball goes off his glove off the wall. Two-run score. Delusio scores the winner. A Redbird winner. You know what I'm saying? You got your elbows. What are your elbows? Your knees, right? Like, so uh, it's symmetrical, and you just got to work different parts. I'm going to tell you right now, Texas beats Alabama. Hour three, T-Row in the morning show. Thursday, September 8th. Team Thursday, Toby and TJ back with you, A1 and Turkey Bacon. We're brought to you every day by Extreme Outdoor Equipment. Here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. Hey, come see us Saturday if you're down on Campus Corner. Our coverage starts at noon. Is that right, TJ? I think I'm doing math right there. At noon with Thune. Nice. Did I hear that he's going to have that hot shot quarterback recruit on the air with him uh, Saturday? Is that what I heard? That's what you heard, yeah. That's what the what his plan is. Mm-hmm. Well, people can see that hot shot quarterback recruit in person because he's going to be on campus, right? I believe he on that's the phone? I believe so. That I I'm not sure of, but I, I think he's going to be there. But I can't say that with absolute certainty. I think he's going to be there. It yeah. Sounded like he was going to be there. So. Um, we got two locations now on Campus Corner. If you are a part of the Ref Army, welcome. Glad to have you. Come see us. Come uh, uh, let us know that you have switched to the Ref on Saturday. I'm sure we have giveaway. We got giveaways to give the folks on Saturday, too. I'll have plenty of koozies with me. I got boxes loaded up in my Ref Mobile. I uh, Actually, I got don't. I got to load the Ref Mobile, but I had to like I already had it loaded, but I will have. Uh, I went by Landers the other day, and uh, Hank threw a koozie in the car for me. He goes, hey, I got a koozie for you. And I was like, you know me, Hank, I'm a big koozie guy. <laughs> so I got a Landers koozie now. <laughs> so we got the uh, at noon, starting at noon, Parker Thune will be at the outdoor ref tailgate, ref army tailgate location. It's right there in the Hertz Donut parking lot. Can't miss it. Um, 12 o'clock. Then at... Two o'clock, uh, Chris Plank will take over there, although it looks like maybe you're going to get T.J. Perry until Plank gets there. Is that what I saw? Perhaps. Plank sheet? thinks he'll be on time, but if not, I may sit there and act like I'm talking with the headset on. Teddy and I at 2 o'clock will be at Balfour on Campus Corner. Come see me. Boy, Balfour was hopping last week, man. I'm telling you. Oh, and it's a stripe the stadium game, T.J. So you got to make sure you got the red or the white, whatever you need. Make sure you're in the dress to the right section. I think 
Even-numbered sections are crimson. Odd-numbered sections are white. Does that sound right, Teach? I shouldn't say that without looking at it. I don't want to give people bad information. Uh, we are in a even number, and we're crimson, so yeah, I think okay. that's right, yeah. right. If you're sitting in an even-numbered section, you're supposed to wear crimson Saturday night. Odd-numbered section, white. Students all wear crimson. And if you leave, kids, leave your crimson T-shirts behind on the seat so it still looks like you're there. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's what you do in the student section. Like when a student stands up and leaves, a little like cardboard uh, figure pops out of the seat. I like that idea. Yeah. Just like boop pops up. Some LED hologram light of a kid. <laughs> we got those now. We're not starting the student section debate again today. <laughs> I know. We have uh, we have run through that. It was hot, okay? It was so hot. It was so hot. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so so uh, continuing what's going on Saturday. At 3 o'clock, Mike Steely takes over at Balfour. Tyler and Travis, the cool kids, take over at the Ref Army tailgate set. And they'll take you up till 5 then at uh, for the post game, you'll have Tyler and Travis again uh, with all your post game reaction. You can call in, give your opinion on what happened Saturday night. They will be at Yo Pablo for that. So there you go. We got it all covered for you on game day. I think we've even got the golf show Saturday morning, right? What's that called? The Gimme the Zone. The Gimme Zone will lead into the pregame, yeah, from 10 to noon. Full day. Mm-hmm. Full day. Full day of coverage Saturday for OU and Kent State. Next segment, the play-by-play voice of the Flashes will join us live. His name is Rob Polinsky. I'm worried for you, Teach. I'm worried for you. Why you Do you have a me? lawyer? I have access to several, yeah. Um, You might get on the horn to one. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, if folks have not heard out there, uh, Doug Gottlieb says he made it up. He uh, he made up the story about Freddie Freeman. Now, let me recap here a little bit, TJ, in case people are out of the loop. Uh, Doug Gottlieb, back on June 29th, tweeted that Casey Close, who is Freddie Freeman's agent, former Atlanta Braves first baseman, now L.A. Dodgers first baseman, that Casey Close never told Freddie Freeman about the Braves' final offer, insinuating that if he had, Freddie would have stayed in Atlanta mm-hmm. rather than go to Los Angeles. Well, Casey Close and Excel Sports Management, who he works for, said that's not true, and they sued Doug Gottlieb for the tweet. Well, it... It has been worked out, and Doug has fallen on the sword. Uh, Yesterday, he tweeted out an apology. Quote, Upon further vetting of my sources, a review of the lawsuit filed against me in this matter, and a direct conversation with Casey himself, I have learned that the conduct I alleged did not occur and that there is no credible basis for stating that it did. My ultimate investigation into this matter confirms that Casey Close did, in fact, 
communicate all offers to Freddie Freeman, and the sources I relied on were incorrect in no uncertain terms. I appreciate the damage that misinformation like this can cause and have been in touch with Casey Close to apologize directly. I have also deleted my original tweet. So Why, uh, why, why are you bringing that back to me? Why do I need a lawyer? I've never said well, anything wrong on this show. This very much reminds me of... Uh, your claim that sources told you the upper deck would be closed <laughs> for the spring game this year. My sources were correct in that. And uh, Whether I am anyone very, else wants to admit it at this point or not, it was I'm, 100% correct. I'm very fearful that there's going to be lawsuits coming your way <laughs> from people who didn't go to the spring game because they thought they weren't going to be able to get in. <laughs> right. Yeah, they had a problem. Because of with your attendance. reporting. They had a problem with attendance that day. Yeah, that's on my. that's on me. You were caught disseminating misinformation, and I'm worried the same thing's going to happen here to you. So I might want to lawyer up. That's all, right. all I'm saying. All right. All right. What do you think about this story, Teach? Doug Gottlieb tweets out something that's not true. He got sued for it, and now he says, oops, my bad. Um, I think there's a lot of national hosts that could probably be sued for a lot of things. <laughs> I think it's silly. Can you sue for stupidity? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I think they make a lot of stuff up, to be honest. What can we sue Cowherd for? Let's sue Cowherd for something. His fake teeth and fake hair, for one. That's a lie. Those aren't real. Um, So I I think it's a little silly, but, you know, it, it became a huge story, and it caused a bit of a relationship problem for those two for a little while. With Freddie Freeman and his um his agent, according to rumors after that, that I, I think your they, sources are telling you. Yeah, they got it straightened out, and now Freddie's surging and may win the MVP and has had a great year. And but at that point, man, he was depressed and it was not going well and wanted released apparently and was sad against that opening series against the uh, Braves that they had early in the year, and so it caused some turmoil. That's for sure. I'm going to put my Big J journalism hat on for just okay. a second okay. and get a little snooty with you. I don't know what Doug's sources were in this. Maybe he legitimately had sources that told him misinformation. I assume that's the case. I have no idea. But there's a whole lot of hiding behind. I've got sources going on in the whole world of sports radio and especially social media these days. People say, I, a source told me that when it's it, you're just – that's this is what you think is happening. You know, source over there leaking you information of this or that. Just the word sources is a fun thing to claim. It sounds like you're in the inside if you say, Well, I got sources there to telling me this. It's a fun word to use, you know, TJ in journalism. Makes you sound cool. And especially on social media, there's a whole bunch of uh, newsbreakers out there who are just like, well, my sources tell me that uh, so-and-so is getting more reps than so-and-so at practice today, so that's probably – or so-and-so is going to miss a game this weekend. Or Did you hear this guy got in trouble for doing this? That's what my sources are telling me. <laughs> Get out of here with your sources. Stop it. Sources in Some, today's world a lot of times are message boards. So Your sources, yeah. Bridget, 
Yeah, on the message board. That's what your source is. Or in economics class, who heard it from Jimmy, who heard it from Larry. Get out of it. So I don't know what happened to Doug here. I don't know if Doug just was trying to be sensational and made it up or if he had a source that told him whatever. I, I assume he had. So he's been in the business for a long time. He's got a lot of sources. He's on the inside. I assume it's all on the up and up, and the source got this wrong, and he's having to backpedal because of that. But there is an epidemic going around of people lying about having sources. Or not really, like a source is not really a source. A source is Aunt Edna, who over dinner last night told him they thought they shouldn't be playing uh, Spencer Rattler anymore at quarterback. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox now. I, that is not to insinuate you didn't have legitimate sources for your misinformation you spread back in the spring of that's 2022. Right. That's right. That's I'm sure right. you had legitimate I sources. Spoke, I spoke to someone at the university that had told me that. Mm-hmm. No. All right. Break time. When we come back, Rob Polinski, Kent State play-by-play, going to join us to tell us more about the flashes. We'll be back. The T-Row in the morning show is powered by Extreme Outdoor Equipment, your full-line dealer for bad boy zero-turn mowers, tractors, and implements. With two locations, I-35 at Goldsby, exit 104B, and I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle exit 108. Sooners and golden flashes under the new LED lights on Saturday night. We welcome in now Rob Polinski, play-by-play voice for Kent State. Rob, good morning. How are you today, sir? Hey, good morning. I recognize that song. Yeah, how about that? Uh, the Golden Flashes fight song there. They'll be here. Now, you're in Ohio, right? You're not with the team up in Tulsa? Correct. Um, tell me about the decision to stop in Tulsa. That's interesting. Why, why did they decide to do that? Because they can't get their gear from Seattle. <laughs> it would, it was, they would have left it about Sunday at midnight back to northeast Ohio. And then back across the country to Oklahoma for the game is basically what the real reason is. Um, and, and, and unlike the power fives, they probably don't have five or six sets of gear and seven or eight semis that can go here, there or everywhere. So, um, they, you know, they knew they wouldn't have it to, you know, to practice. And then, and then, you know, the other thing is obviously Monday's Labor Day. So they had the day off. They had no classes. Um, they knew that if they could fly to Tulsa, spend a week together as a group, it would give them, you know, a better chance competitively uh, to, to compete on Saturday instead of going all across the country again. Um, so those would those would be the main the, the two main reasons. Yeah, that makes sense. I was only thinking about the team. I wasn't thinking about the semi trucks. Well, all yeah, nobody. It, it's funny you say that because I hadn't thought of it either. But you're like, well, how are you going to get it from Seattle to? To, to Ken, Ohio, back to Norman. So it just made sense to do it this way. Uh, they were able yeah. to get the gear, I'm sure, uh, to Tulsa by, by Monday or so. And then, you know, they spent a week. I know they spent a week, you know, with, with bonding and some different activities. And uh, I know that it's been documented. They went to the Black Wall Street at Tulsa and, and some of those things. So, you know, I think Coach Lewis has taken advantage of this to, you know, do some things that aren't just getting ready to play Oklahoma on the field Saturday night. How about that Husky Stadium up there, huh? That's pretty cool, isn't it? Did you ride a boat in to call the game on Saturday? 
<laughs> I wish I would have been on the boat to, to call the game because I would have had a better viewpoint. We were <laughs> we were so high atop there, and like an idiot, I you know, 15 years of doing this, and I leave my binoculars in the hotel room. So yeah. not not a great place not to have binoculars, but no, just a, a gorgeous view, um, just an unbelievable setting. Uh, you know, the, the boat gating uh, was really cool. It was uh, as good as advertised. Uh, it, it was a great setting. It was a lot of fun. And uh, other than watching Michael Penix torch the defense, it was it was a fun night. Well, bring the binoculars uh, because it's uh, the press box is pretty high in Norman too. I don't know. I saw that in your Washington notes. I saw a picture. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, give me your assessment of how Kent State played in that opener against Washington. Forty-five twenty, the final. You know, I I think all things considered, you know, not that bad. I mean, I. It's you know we've got a new defensive coordinator and Michael Penix, who you know for your listeners might not know was at Indiana and and he was really successful when he was healthy at IU. So he transfers to Washington because his former OC and quarterbacks coach at IU uh, is now the head coach at Washington. Um, and Michael Penix was as good as advertised. He was tremendous. Kent State's defensive line you know couldn't couldn't touch him. Couldn't I don't even know if they if they put a, a hand on him all night. So, you know, defensively, you know, they struggle trying to stop him. Offensively, new quarterback, first start, first pass, throws a pick, and, and Washington takes it, and, and they score two minutes into it. But, you know, it didn't rattle them. And, and to, to, to Kent State's credit, they hung with them. I mean, it was 21-7 after one, 31-13 at half. They lose 45-20. They didn't get blown out, but you certainly – you know, you never had, you never thought, hey, they they could win this game you know, once it got going. But you know, I thought all things considered, you know, they did all right. They've got a lot of young players and and, and some guys that you know stepped up and, and, and played pretty well. Two offenses uh, that are going to look a lot like each other on Saturday night. They want to go fast. Of course, Kent State uh, lost Dustin Crum to graduation last year, the Player of the Year. So Colin Schley now takes over at quarterback. What was your first game assessment of him? You know, he looks the part, Toby. He's six three, two eighteen. He's he's more of a, a, a you know a, a drop back passer. Um, he's got a cannon for an arm. The the question is, is he going to have Dustin smarts? Can he make the decisions that Dustin would make? And uh, you know, and and he threw two picks. And uh, you know, he had played appeared in ten games in his career. Had never thrown a pick. Well, he threw two uh, on Saturday. In the first one, uh, Coach Lewis took uh, took credit for that pick, said it wasn't on Colin. But you know that's just him protecting his guy, and I get it. But um, you know, I think with Colin, it's we're going to see some up and downs. We're going to see some moments where he wows us, and we're going to see some moments where we scratch our head. And I think we're just going to have to live with it, and and that's what we're going to see. Now he can also run a little bit. Uh, he had eight rushes for forty-seven yards. He led the team in rushing. Now, I know they don't want that. Some of it he was running for his life, uh, making something out of nothing. But um, all in all, I, I thought Colin did all right. He, he wasn't why they lost the game. Dante Cephas is the guy I love on your team, just watching the highlights here. Wide receiver. Boy, this guy looks like he's big time. You know, I agree with you, Toby. I think he could be. He had a great year last year. He had 1,240 yards of receiving, second most ever in Kent State history, 82 catches, nine touchdowns. That was third most uh, in their history. So, you know, Dante Cephas, and then he, and then he goes and, he, and 
sometimes I think you can tell how good a guy is. You know, it's it's one thing to do it against the MAC; it's another thing to do it against the the, the programs they see in their non conference. And you know, against Washington, he had six catches, 105 yards, uh, 47 yards after catch. Uh, Dante Cephas is the real deal, and uh, and then if you double him or or try to take him away with your best corner. You know, Tez Walker on the other side isn't bad. He had four catches, 56 yards. He's a redshirt sophomore. Um, his long was a 47-yard touchdown catch. Um, Tez Walker is, is pretty good, too. He's just not as consistent as Cephas is. You mentioned Jeremiah Johnson takes over, first-year uh, defensive coordinator. Sounds like maybe they're trying to uh, install the Iowa State style of defense there, but defensively what has to be better for them than it was in week one yeah well you know up front you know last year they they, they struggled up front i mean they're they're a little undersized on the defensive line i mean way undersized in, in a game like this but uh even undersized in, in in the group of five uh conference um they don't get a ton of pressure and uh they have they were not good against the run uh last year now they only gave up 132 yards rushing to Washington. Well, part of that is, you know, Penix was picking them apart for 393 through the air, so they didn't have to run the ball. Um, but they've got to get better defending the run, and they've got to get some pressure from the defensive line uh, moving forward. Not not even so much this week, but just moving forward throughout the season. This non-conference schedule is something else, man. Is this um, is this the uh, you got Georgia in a couple of weeks after you go to OU? Of course, went to Washington last week. Is this the norm? Is this the non-con scheduling strategy for Kent State? Um, it was with the previous administration. Uh, Joel Nielsen was the AD for ten years. He wasn't renewed last year, so he, uh, you know, definitely had the philosophy of, you know, let's let's get as much money as we can. Um, it's never been as quite as brutal as this, but but for for quite a long time they've been playing three power fives. I mean, last year that went to A and M, Iowa, and and Maryland. You know, which is daunting, but it's not Washington, Oklahoma, Georgia. Um, you know, we've been to more SEC schools than we haven't been to. We've been to more Big Ten schools than we haven't been to. So a lot of times they'll do two big ones, you know, maybe like a Penn State and an SEC school. Um, but like next year, uh, it's scaled back a little bit. Uh, they're going to Arkansas, Central Florida, and Fresno State. So I think with their new uh, administration uh, in the athletic department, they're taking a little bit of a different philosophy. But they're still going to have one to two uh, money games, if you will. Oh, it's going to toughen them up for the MAC run. Uh, that's one thing that's for sure. H- how do you size up the conference this year? Well, I, it, it's kind of hard. It either toughen them up or it's going to kill them, or one or the other. That's I mean, true. quite frankly, that's because true. the problem is there's no bye week after Georgia, and in there. In in, so, if you look at it from Kent State's perspective, you know, in, in the East Division, they were picked first uh, by the coaches. They were picked second by the media. And last year they defeated Miami by one point in overtime to win the conference. Um, this year, after that game with Georgia, their first game at the other OU, Ohio University, uh, to me that's the biggest game of the season because they host OU. They've got to get that win because then consecutively they go to Miami, they go to Toledo. And if they lose to Ohio and they're 0-1 in the league and they're probably 1-4 and overall, and now you've got to go to Miami and Toledo – well, all of a sudden, you could be zero and three in the league and one and six overall, and your season could be over. If they beat OU, uh, Ohio University, to get to one and zero, then if they split those next two, now you're two and one in your real winnable games in the league are your are your last five games. So 
then I think they could get on a roll. But to me, the key to their season is, do they have enough healthy bodies after going through this non-conference without a bye as they head into Ohio University? And then can they beat Ohio University to kind of set themselves up where they're not behind the eight ball? Rob Polinski will be on the call Saturday night for the Kent State Radio Network. The Golden Flashes will be in town for a 6 o'clock kickoff on Owen Field. Hey, Rob, safe travels down here, and I look forward to meeting you on Saturday. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us today. Likewise, Toby. Thanks for calling. There you go, Rob Polinski. I will say this about Kent State. They got some sweet unis. They They got a bunch of unis. And white and gray and baby blue and dark blue and gold. And uh, it's a little Oregon-esque in how many different uniform combinations Kent State's going to roll out there. And so I don't know what they're going to wear on Saturday night. But uh, they had some pretty cool ones last week. Uh, lightning bolts on the side looked kind of San Diego Chargers, Chargers-ish uh, when they played Washington. But we shall see. Uh, well, I'll talk a little more about this game when we come back. It's a... Uh, Thursday morning, T-Row in the Morning Show, 8.32. The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. All right, welcome back. Toby and TJ with you. Sounds like Queen Elizabeth not doing well, TJ. Big story today. That's not good. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks to Rob Polinski for joining us from Kent State. Uh, I, I don't know exactly, you know, three predictions is tomorrow, and I'm undefeated so far this year on three predictions, uh, zero and zero. And uh, so I don't know exactly, but I can give you my hunch as of today how I'm feeling. Um, I feel like Kent State is – Probably a better team than UTEP. Like if those two teams played right now in a neutral site, I would slightly favor Kent State. Be a good game, but I'd slightly favor Kent State. But I think OU's probably, as of today, I feel like they're going to win this game more comfortably than they won the Kent State game. I mean, than they won the UTEP game, despite that. For a couple of reasons. One, I think OU's going to play better. Week two, I think they'll improve, play better. Uh, two, I think stylistically we're going to have a whole lot of possessions in this game. Kent State wants to go fast. OU wants to go fast. Last week, OU had the ball 10 times. I think they'll have the ball more than that this week. They'll put up a whole bunch of points. There'll be some three and outs for the OU defense. So I think this is going to be a higher scoring game, wider margin of victory kind of a situation. And... I don't think the Kent State defense is very good. Their offense has some has some thing. I mean, they've put up a bunch of points in recent years. They've been a top-10 national offense. They were number three in the country in rushing last year. This Dante Cephas kid at the wide receiver is a really good player. They go fast. They cause some problems. Whether they will to OU or not, I don't know. But they're they know what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, Washington did whatever they wanted. It's game two under this new defensive coordinator. I don't think they've figured it out yet. And I think Jeff Levy is going to be able to do whatever he wants on Saturday. I think they're going to be able to run on him. I think they're going to be able to get chunk plays in the passing game. So I think OU might put up a big number offensively. 
and this will be a more comfortable victory than – and week one was a comfortable victory. 45-13 is comfortable. I'm saying this will be wider than that. As of today, that's how I feel. I may change my prediction tomorrow, TJ, but as of today, I think OU uh, has a bigger margin of victory than they had in week one. Your thoughts? I don't want to give anything on my gut away, but... Um, no, your thoughts on my thoughts. Y- your thoughts are um, pretty good. I like your thoughts. I like your thoughts. You know what I don't Thank like? Thank you, TJ. King of, the, King of the Mountain. I'm typing away here on an email to you. <laughs> You're going to get multiple emails this year. It's not going to just be one each day. Uh, you want to may- give me some more? Maybe the last year for King of the Mountain. I'm sorry, folks. You want to give me Goodness some more? Gracious. Hey, we got to do King of the Mountain. We got nothing else that we by can air way, on this show. By okay? the way, by the way, whoever sent in your name as too fat to fly, rude. That's in the email, <laughs> so you don't need to write that down. That's in reference to me. That's not making fun of anybody else out there. It's directly making fun of me. All right. Scott Hacker was the last pick you gave me. You want to pick up there? Uh, let's see here. I will give you some. A sooner. Boy, that's all run together in one word. Sooner X-Ray wants the Ravens. Got it. Terry and Glenpool would like the Ravens. Uh, we it. go from being able to unhear Toby cleaning to hearing his dog squeak toy. Dang, that OEC fiber is impressive. A <laughs> 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 uh, a lot of you, a lot of you did not sign your texts. So I've got your name several, on it or it doesn't count. And maybe this wasn't supposed to be a pick, but this is a professional pick. Unless you're just letting me know Utah. <laughs> John Fisher. Uh, no H in that, just J-O-N. Uh, Fisher would like the Colts. Uh, All right. Thank you, Pastor MC. I went ahead and let yours in. Thank you for resending it in Colts. the show hours. Yeah. Uh, Annie in Midwest City would like the Bengals. Arizona okay. doesn't observe daylight savings time, so they are mountain half of the year, Pacific the other oh, that's half. that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, that goes way back to the first hour of the show. Yeah, that's how far behind how far you, are you are on picks. Maybe second hour. I don't remember. We were talking about Brett Yormark saying he wants to go west with the Big Twelve and expand it to a fourth time zone. So, trying to figure out who we can rule out there, like Colorado. Is Utah Mountain Time? I don't know. I don't. I know where that line's drawn. There. I don't even know what day of the week it is. Uh. Well, didn't sign it. Don't know who you are. Uh, Clearwater Sooner, Panthers. Uh, all right. Craig in Midwest City also wants the Panthers. Got it. KJ would like Dallas. That's the Cowboys. All right, give me two more. Michael L. in Broken Arrow would like Toby's Colts. Michael L. in B.A. wants my Colts, okay? And Ralph from Tulsa is going Bengals over Steelers. All right, and you've got a bunch more than that. I've got over 170 more text messages unread for picks, and I've already started an email that I didn't read you of about 30 or 40. <laughs> and we still got tomorrow. And we still got tomorrow. Holy cow. What an assignment we've given us. What up. happened to our 12 listeners? It was so much easier when nobody listened to the show, TJ. We could play whatever we wanted. 
King of the Mountain was easy. No one cared if we had highlights in the open. That's right. What a massive mistake we've made by being popular. (laughs) (laughs) I hate being a cool kid. Are you excited about uh, tonight? NFL getting underway or eh? Um, eh. Or double yeah. eviction and Big Brother? A double eviction and Big Brother's got me all psyched up. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> no, I'm always, I'm always ready for the uh, NFL to start. Yeah. But um, I am not David Goodspeed on a plane right now flying to L.A. geeked out. But, yeah, it's always good to get it underway and get real games underway because I don't watch preseason games. So, Sure. Yeah. Go, uh, go Bills tonight, I think. Absolutely. Root against the champs. Yes. Um, I'm excited. I, I'm, uh, I think my Colts are going to be pretty good this year. I'm excited about Matt Ryan being on my team, and so I think we got a chance to win the South, be a playoff team this year. So I'm excited for, obviously, the Baker versus Browns game on Sunday. I'm excited to see your Colts, I mean, your Cowboys, be week-to-week drama Dumpster fire, <laughs> that, as I always. Expect that. Expect that. It's going to be an unusual I'm year. Excited. There's going to be a lot of drama surrounding the Cowboys. I'm excited to see uh, what happens with Tom Brady. Like, I think there's a chance that they're in the middle of a drive and we see Giselle just walk onto the field and yank him off. I think that's a chance. She just walks onto the field with one of those shepherd's hooks, you know, like they, like back when, uh, in back in the old uh, acting days, and she just pulls him right off the field. It will be interesting to see with him if he is actually human at this point, and you realize something like this, if all true, affects his game and his approach and uh, mental state. Mm-hmm. Cause that's rough on anybody, and if all that's true, then, yeah. I mean, and that may be why he is looking like he had lost like 20 pounds all of a sudden, and exhausted and so yeah, it's a good chance exactly there's a good chance maybe he says after week one or two like you know what i made a mistake it. this was more important and i blew it and i've, I've got to leave so sounds like maybe you ought to do it right now <laughs> sounds like that might be the case yeah all right chris plank joins us to wrap up a flawless thursday edition of the t-row in the morning show has my signal dropped once today T-Row? you have been 99 all day just short of 100 have i max headroomed once never today? not once what a show we'll be back the word is spreading and the ref army is growing Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. Here's the other thing I'm intrigued about Saturday night as we welcome in Chris Plank, national champion play-by-play voice of the OU softball program, sideline reporter for Sooner football, host of the Plank Show 9 to 12 right here on the Ref Radio Sports Network. Good morning, Plank. What's up, Toby? How are you? What are you intrigued by Saturday night? So uh, what did we always make fun of Caleb Williams for? What do we make T-shirts about Caleb Williams for? What's his deficiency? Rush oh, yeah. three, drop Rush eight, three, drop right? Eight. Yep, yep. Well, guess guess what we're going to see from Kent State on Saturday night? <laughs> the Iowa State they, defense. They play the Iowa State defense. We're going to see rush three, drop eight. They're going to drop into this big, deep zone like everybody plays in the Big 12. 
and we're going to see what Dylan Gabriel looks like against it. Now, first chance to see if Dylan Gabriel recognizes what he looks like and knows how to ta- attack when a team rushes three and drops eight. It's going to be something that not only will we see all night Saturday night, but T-Row, you can attest to it, and Teddy talks about it. It's the way of the Big 12 now. Everyone was enamored with John Haycock whenever he did it at Iowa State, and now it's kind of become something you see rather consistently in this league. So I can't wait to see how uh, Jeff Levy attacks it, right? Because if I understand – no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was going to say the reason they all do it is because Oklahoma's the best team in this league, and it gave Lincoln Riley's offenses trouble. Even when Baker was here. He struggled against it. Um, so I'm eager to see if, if a Jeff Levy offense is more capable of, of making teams pay for doing this. And I think, trying to remember if I heard it. Oh, it was you and Ted. It was you and Ted in the, in the uh, preview of the, of the Brent Venable show whenever you guys were out at Rudy's. You know that's not necessarily something that we've that that Ole Miss saw a ton of, right? In the SEC, there's not a lot of teams that do it. So I, I'm really excited to see how they do attack it on Saturday night. I think it's going to be fun, man. I'm I'm pumped for it, boy. Kent State's play-by-play guy, Mr. Sunshine Pumper, there, right? He, uh, oh my goodness. Uh, but it was it was interesting in listening to him coming in and just kind of thinking about this team. He talked about the mistakes that they're – what's the quarterback's name just escaped my mind? For Schley. It's going to be tough. How it's he a, it's a hard one to say. Over, yeah, turned it over twice on Saturday, and the, quarterback, the coach took the uh, responsibility for one of them. So, you know, can they put him in situations like Washington was able to where they uh, – where Oklahoma gets a lead and he, and he feels pressure to throw? I think the defensive line is going to get home on Saturday night based on what I've seen from Kent State's offensive line. But – uh, all those are great storylines. You know, all those are interesting. But how Oklahoma handles this defensive attack and, and, and what they're going to see against Iowa State and probably some against Baylor and probably some against Kansas State, I think it's going to be uh, one of the storylines in the game. Well, I mean, theoretically, if a team is going to rush three, drop eight, you should be able right. to run the ball down their throats. Right. And you always got the feeling that Lincoln wanted to prove he could still throw against it. And I, I think That's you right. can. I mean, I'm, uh, Washington threw for almost 400 yards last Saturday. I'm not saying you can't, uh, and I think that we'll see opponents that are better at it than Kent State is. But I think Jeff Lebby will be more, history tells us, he's more content to lean on the run when the run is working. You know, not force the passing game necessarily. Right. So I agree. We'll get our first glimpse at that. Hey, um, question, Mr. Four Point, you and TJ are uh, Bronx. I've got like four upset specials, and one of them I'm, I'm trying to wait out to see if he can get back to five <laughs> because the Illinois-Virginia spread has been all over the place. It's been three and a half. It was four and a half. It got up to five the other day. But – uh, are you thinking about tonight at all? Are you thinking about Louisville and UCF at all? Is that tonight or tomorrow? Uh, it's today the ninth. No, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow night. No, I'm sorry. Tomorrow. Sorry. Yeah. Tomorrow. Night. 
I have not looked at the spreads. I usually don't look at them until Thursday. But what are the other games you're considering? I'm considering that. Um, I'm considering Kentucky versus Florida. That's a six-point like spread that. right What's now. the spread? Yeah, that's a definite consideration. That's that's six right now. It had been up to six and a half um, at one point. I was thinking yeah, Parker's pick of Liberty was interesting to me, though. Liberty starting quarterback Charlie Brewer got hurt the other day, so he's mm. out for like four weeks. Um, you know, you guys went against Tulsa last week, and Northern Illinois is a six-point yeah. dog against Tulsa. And uh, you would I was never thinking do late that. night. You would never, no, you would never, never. do that. I'm still hurt mom. from it. But um, yeah. Mississippi State, 10.5 at Arizona after what Arizona did. I don't know. A couple interesting games. Hmm. Couple of interesting okay. games. Right. I'm thinking about that Kentucky game. Though is you see really what he's doing there, Teach. He's trying to pick our brains a he's little bit. To get and in tap our head. Into the wisdom. We're not giving it. Well, exactly I'm not submitting right. my pick yeah. until you guys submit yours. So that's just the bottom okay. line. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Plank, <laughs> have a great show today. Thanks, Toby. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Thanks to Kent State play-by-play voice Rob Polinski for joining us today. You find folks as well. We'll do it again on a football Friday. Have a great. Thursday, everybody. Enjoy the NFL opener tonight.